Hey everyone, it's Alain and Mood from Turbulence, and you're now listening to the broadcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the podcast. Uh, today, um, I have a call from Lebanon from two super talented guys. That's Mode and Alain from Turbulence, the guitar player and the keyboard player. And Turbulence have their second album coming up in less than a month. Uh, Frontal will released uh, will be released on March. 12th through frontal uh for frontiers music, <laughs> frontal music. <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah it's the band's second album but yeah still i think uh, a lot of people uh, in the in the prog scene will uh discover you with this album oh. so i think you, maybe you can start introducing your band how you got together <laughs> okay so uh it goes back to I think 2012. That's when Mood and I, we already knew that we we kind of were into we both were into prog music, and it was at that time that neither of us had any project going on. So we kind of started talking over Facebook, and he like sent me a little riff that he had written, which is now the track called Richardson's Nightmare from our first album, The Equilibrium. And that's actually how everything started, you know, we kind of were like just having fun back and forth. And we realized that this can go somewhere, you know. And we talked about it. We came up with the name. I think it was less than a week after we, we had gotten together. And that's how Turban started, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you just mentioned your first album, Disequilibrium. Uh, you released that in 2015, so a little bit more than five years ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you did you release it independently? Yes, we did. So now that's, that's also a, a big step, and, and uh, um, it's going to be different with the second album now that you have the support of a quite big label in the in the rock world rock and metal world with with frontiers from italy definitely um yeah let's yeah. let's dive into let's dive into frontal your second album that's about to be released let's um, do that <laughs> <laughs> how 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 can we uh imagine uh or picture the composing and recording process for Turbulence and for Frontal in particular? Get this one. <laughs> Me? <Yeah>. Great. <laughs> uh, well, it didn't actually have to like be that hard. We knew already we, we got together earlier, like in 2013, to write. So we are getting used to the writing process. Uh, but the really interesting thing on this al writing or like producing this album is that we have really new ideas, a very fresh uh, start, like different than this equilibrium. And we kept like throwing ideas on the table. Uh, I remember that 
we had a lot of things written before Alan got like written many many riffs before and we um, kind of like mixed them all together uh, on this record and I think like uh, we don't need to like uh, like we didn't have to like spend a lot of time putting effort or like making a lot of effort to create we more like concerned about how it's gonna sound like produced like, we had a lot of good ideas and I still I think one of the greatest ideas we did uh, in the turbulence history of writing. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So when when you so you the two of you are the main composers, right? Yep. True. And uh, so when you do you uh, send your ideas back and forth through the internet or do you meet up? How far are you living from each other? <laughs> So it's a, it's a mixture of both, I think. Uh, sometimes, you know, a, an idea hits you at the most, at the weirdest times, you know, and like we get, uh, I, I send him an audio note telling him, why don't we do this and that? And he will, he would build on that idea, you know, he'd send me like a piano part of it or a synth part of it. And we'd start building and uh, like brainstorming back and forth. And then we'd get together and put, start recording a demo that we can actually sit down with the band and listen to what they feel about it. And uh, that's where Omar, our vocalist, can start laying out ideas so that we can imagine how that would sound on the record and if it fits the the general vision that we'd had for it. Yeah. So that's kind of... So did, did, you, did you go into a studio or did you um, record everything in your... Home studios. I mean, nowadays with with the with the um, with the technical abilities that are available, I think almost everyone could, you know, record Definitely, something yeah. prop, proper, decently sounding at home. So, so how did you go about for the recording process? Yeah, that's so true. So for the demos, we did record everything uh, from our homes, uh, especially that when you have instruments that you record you don't need a live room for it like the keyboards and nowadays the guitars with all the plugins that are available like you said uh, you, you can almost uh, they can almost uh, provide the same result as going into a, a live room and uh, micing your amp or whatever so uh, the demos were built like that and we only hit the studio when we needed to actually record final takes for the album like for the drums and for the vocals for acoustic guitars yeah, stuff like that. That was uh, towards the end more. Mm -hmm. And um, at what point did uh, did the Frontiers music uh, come into the picture? Did you send them the the finished album, or did you send them like a earlier stage of demos? So we wanted to make sure that we presented that the best that we can. Like, not the best that we can. We wanted to uh, convey our vision to the best of our ability. So we decided to send Frontiers the full mastered album. Now that, this is what we sound like. We need to distribute this to the world. Are you interested? It was that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So, so that, that's, uh, that was a year ago, like exactly a year ago. And uh, yeah, the you just mentioned the master and that was done by Lucas De La Rosa, who we also had yeah. on, on the broadcast. Um, very talented guy. About a year ago, I think. <laughs> and yeah, uh, that's so true. I think it's in summer. 
what you mean. Um, I, I, we, we had so many, so many broadcast episodes since then, yeah. so I, I can't really remember <laughs> myself. <either. Yeah. laughs> uh, so yeah, l let's talk about the music first. Um, we, we have, we have talked about how you guys met and, and how you, uh, recorded, uh, the album Frontal, but we haven't actually talked about what it sounds like and, um, One thing that you mentioned that I wanted to to stress also, having listened to both Disequilibrium and now uh, Frontal a couple of times, uh, the, it it is quite quite apparent that you you kind of came into your own shoes with this album. The Disequilibrium was still more you, you, the the influences were a little bit more obvious, I think, and. And and now you're finding your your own voice with with the band with Turbulence. I had the feeling uh, while listening to uh, Frontal, and also I was I was a little bit surprised, but um, that's not um, necessarily a bad thing. That it was a little bit of a grower. <laughs> I, I was I, I was expecting a little bit more immediacy. <laughs> Um, but uh, fair enough. It, it it did work out in the end. I, I just uh, yeah, I gave it a couple of spins, and with every spin, I there's more stuff that's sticking and and that I want to go back to and listen again. You know. Um, so where where do you yeah. guys see your musical roots? <laughs> nice. I think like uh, uh, when we did this equilibrium, it was really like fresh to us to write uh, uh, together first and uh, even though like quite proper prog music album uh, we decided to put all like I actually didn't decide it it came naturally putting all our musical influences like in one uh, musical piece so like <laughs> there's inspiration like Dream Theater and Symphony X and Opeth uh, we like to like combine them together And make something uh, like that would eventually like sound our thing, like it's gonna be our thing. But you know how it turns out. Even if it sounds like uh, like Dream Theater or it sounds like Symphonics or any other band, it's still kind of be like this creation that inspires you to continue and make more music. So when we met for Frontal, we had this fresh idea, as I said, to like introduce new stuff. Uh, even with more technicality and even with more like sound, better sound and the modern one and not like, not just like this equilibrium. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I see it. <laughs> that's how I, I see I it. I would like so. to add something to that, that kind of, you know, you, you just mentioned that there, there's like five to six, six years between the two albums. So imagine the, the amount of confidence and experience that we had gained. And that does allow us to experiment more often. And I think that's how a band really finds their sound. You know, they ha that's how they find their sound. You need to experiment and, and fine-tune it until you can sound exactly like in, in your head, you know? Yeah, Alain, you just, you just mentioned the, the experience that you, you gained over these years um, since the disequilibrium. During that time, you also kind of found success as as a guitar player on, with your YouTube channel on your own, so to speak. 
and and had like some some really successful videos going viral and and uh, yeah. Uh, so w was there a point where where you where you had the feeling that this uh, YouTube channel was kind of uh, taking away your 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 um, not focus, but but you, you you did you ever feel like a pressure from like okay, I need to put out a new YouTube video and now I have to leave the turbulent stuff for a moment or... <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> that. That's a really good question, Step actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing is, uh, my, uh, my YouTube channel started taking off after we had already uh, done the recording process and part of the production process for Frontal. So a big part of my responsibilities towards this album and towards the band were kind of already taken care of now as my channel started growing of course there's the pressure that grows with it you know you feel like more people are expecting something right now and to some extent it does give you inspiration because i think every musician just wants to feel that connection like you're putting out your music and it's gonna be heard your voice is gonna be heard so and like you said along with that comes a lot of pressure but uh, i think it's just a matter of what I'm feeling in the moment. It never is like pre-planned, like I need to do a YouTube video right now. Maybe it needs to be, but right now it's just I'm going with the flow, you know. Uh, if I feel like I'm, I need, I want to work on something for turbulence. That's what I'm. That's what I would be doing, and so on. Cool. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, sounds <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's talk a little bit about the lyrical content because I think uh, both This Equilibrium and Frontal also are kind of concept albums. Am I right about that? Um, that's what we like to think. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are concept album. They are like we we have a story in mind. We have like scenes going on in our minds as we write every section of every note and every lyric. But I wouldn't say like it's a story that's uh, chronologically moving forward. It's more like there's definitely one theme. More, more, more like scenes from a memory or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can <laughs> can't see away from the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, who who is responsible for the lyrics in the band? Is is it something that you you do collaborate also, like with the music, or um, is your singer Omar uh, taking care of that? Uh, no, it's actually me. I am the one who's uh, who wrote the lyrics. Uh, I believe in like it's just because I was the one who had uh, the the clearest vision of what this album would sound like. So that that uh, kind of surfaced with the lyrics as well. And I believe that it was so important to have one guy write the ideas. And of course, it would like pass through a filter with the other members, like make sure everything, uh, all the messages that we agreed we wanted to convey that, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd see if it's it was there. I'd get their approval and see how the general feel if they were okay. And of course, like the biggest judge for that would be the vocalist he has to he has to say these words he has to convince the listener of them yeah he's to, to, to feel the input was there too and his input was like valid yeah. for sure and the recording process even when we put the words uh, together and with the music it was clear that like he would give his input for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i mean he 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 has to 
as you said, he has to to speak or sing these words even, and uh, has to be convincing, and and it has to have that flow when he sings and and with the phrases and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, you guys uh, put out two singles. Actually, the second single just dropped today as we're recording this. Um, that was Ignite, the lyrics video. The first single was yeah. Madness Unforeseen, and you you that that had a little bit of a more elaborate video. Um, That's true. Can can you tell us a little bit about that video? How how you um, made that? Yeah, you mean madness or ignite? Ma madness, madness unforeseen. Oh, okay, actually, it's, it's really funny. Actually, we decided to. Uh, we didn't actually planning to to like having this single to be the single of the album at first, but eventually you had to make like the thought of having a single uh, in, in your album, and we choose madness because it's damn straight balls <laughs> and have this like a lot of riffing and there's a uh, dubstep part electronic feel and there's a lot happening in, uh, in this song though it's not that long uh, but it, but it is perfect for a music video you know like uh, make a hit out of it uh, that music video were actually done in a uh, place uh, like used to be a uh, uh, wood factory or something like this and uh, we put a good space out we got the director and we managed to have like this space where we're all comfortable in we are all and uh, I don't think I have much to say on that can you continue Alan <laughs> yeah sure uh, so the idea of Madison for seeing uh, I'd, I'd have to relate to uh, to, the, to your previous question about the lyrical content a bit. So the album talks about Phineas Gage. He's the main character of the album. And uh, maybe some of uh, your listeners know about him. He was a construction worker. And one day he, there was an accident that drove an iron rod through his brain, through his frontal lobe. And that's how... That's why the album basically is called Frontal. That's where we took it from. So... Ah. Yeah, we adapted that story in a way that anyone can relate to it from the aspect of having a sudden event change your life, you know, and the effect that would have on you and your, the people around you and the people that care about you, especially knowing that this accident caused him, he survived that accident and he became a totally different person because of it. It changed his personality 100%. So... Uh, in the song Man is Unforeseen, it talks about a man, it, it just talks about depression in a, in a more general aspect. So, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to this. You don't have to like follow the story of Phineas Gage, but we are talking about him in a certain way. So, um, we, we wanted to portray that in a very raw and violent because that's how it really is. It's a really vicious monster that lives with you. As, as someone who has depression, I mean. So that's the idea of the video. That's where it comes from. Yeah, too. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I it was a motorcycle. Sounds, sounds <laughs> like a motorcycle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Mood sample, that sound we needed. Yeah, I think we're going to do that. <laughs> 
I can cut the bit out and send it to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I have yeah, my mic already turned on. <laughs> um, yeah, as as uh, I think Maud, you you just mentioned that uh, the first uh, single "Madness Unforeseen" was uh, kind of musically is one of the shorter songs on the album, and and also a little bit more immediate with a with a immediate hook line and stuff um that's not the shortest there's shorter but one of yeah, the, one I mean, of like, the, one of the shorter songs yeah. yes um <laughs> ignite this the second single however um that you yeah. just released today as we're recording this is a single edit uh yeah, exactly because yeah most of the songs are yeah more of more than seven minutes long longer than seven minutes yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Frog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, how how do you um, yeah cut down a song, a eight and a half minute song, to what is it five five six minutes? Um, I yeah. I always I always think that must be hard for a composer because it's like yeah you have to. Kill some of your darlings, as you say in, in writing. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> so true. true. <laughs> well, I, uh, if you're talking about ignite here, uh, that like long song, kind of with the, a lot of like good drifts, and there's a lot of melodic uh, approaches. Uh, and even though there's, there's this break in the middle where it goes so like mellow and angelic and have this uh, very soothing feel, uh, <laughs> eventually the single edit is like the cut where where the other half becomes more instrumental and have a lot of riffing and stuff that I think people would love to listen to uh, on this album. Especially after Ignite being released that way as a single edit, I think people would really, really enjoy the full version of this song when the album is released. Because of the a lot, because of there's a lot of instrumental uh, sections adding to what's already been done. Yeah, like yeah. Mood said, uh, what made it easier for us. Because, like you said, for a composer, it's so hard to like dissect and restructure something when yeah. it wasn't intended to be like that. But what makes it easier in this track in particular, like Mood said, because it becomes instrumental at the end, and we didn't have to restructure it. We just took out the last two, three minutes of the song. So yeah. that made it kind of, that massaged it a bit. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> will, will there be a third single before the album drops? Because we, we still have like... A little bit less than a month to go until the release date, or will it be just the two? It will be just the two of uh, the yeah. ones released. There will be a single that will be released on the day that the album releases. We have no money for another video. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we could afford. <laughs> very, very relatable. Um, <laughs> yeah, in in these in these times since we started this uh, this Skype uh, interviews uh, about a year ago, of course it's always a little bit weird and um, yeah, fairly hypothetical to, to talk about possible live shows. Um, 
Now, looking a little bit into your um, history as a band, I think I've read somewhere that you you actually did some live shows before you actually released your d debut album, right? Yes, that's true. Yes, yeah, and, and then uh, there were kind of Dream Theater tribute um, yes. shows. Yeah. Yeah. So we the idea was to bring the Dream Theater show to the Lebanese dream theater fans because it's very unlikely that dream theater would play in this country so we kind of replicated what we liked about their show and we played two three hour sets of dream theater of purely just dream theater songs that was really fun we really like like you say we let it let it out you know <laughs> so yeah that was really fun and we kind of that's how we put ourselves ourselves on the map here in this uh, locally let's say so people would say oh there's a band that plays dream theater not many bands play dream theater here so they give you their ears sort of yeah i just wanted to ask you about the the, the scene in lebanon i mean obviously it's it's a bit of an odd place for prog metal to come out of and yeah. um especially here in, in of course in the western media we don't hear a lot about your country we, we and and even less about some obscure prog bands so is yeah. how is how is the scene looking in lebanon you have a bit of everything i think so we get like these trends from the western uh, culture i guess if you want to call it that um You have a bit of everything. Like you have prog fans, you have gent fans, you have extreme metal fans, but it's a small country, you know. It's already a small country. The population is around four or five million people, the whole country. And uh, so, yeah, that that would explain why you wouldn't hear uh, at your place like uh, about prog coming out from this country. But our passion is as big as yours, you know. So, so when 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 you guys uh, do a concert, did, actually, did did you you played your own stuff after after Disequilibrium came out as well? Did you do like concerts with your own music? Then uh, we did a couple of shows. We actually uh, played the the album in its entirety with a small orchestra that we put together. That's how we actually released the album, and we played a bit of local festivals throughout the years while we were writing Frontal on the side. So yeah, I'd say we did like 10 to 15 shows. So so um, when when you guys play in Lebanon somewhere, I, I would I would imagine that I mean the the whole metal community comes together no matter if you like maybe usually more into extreme or more into prog rock or whatever. I, I could imagine that that there's there's a lot of uh, yeah people from the wider rock and metal scene that would go to a show like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think like people. If you want to compare, like if you want to compare the outer world of Lebanon to Lebanon, I mean like the whole world to Lebanon. <laughs> the the music scene here especially the metal scene is a bit focused on the harsh and the and the more death metal thrash metal uh scene uh then prog Pe not a lot of people like love to listen to prog in this country but uh 
knowing that this is already the metal scene is small here so you can't like you can't like compare it to the other uh, prog uh, metal scene in the, in the other countries uh, and when we play uh, in Lebanon our music and our shows uh, the people of Proxing come watch us, also the people of thrash metal and death metal and all the metal genres come watch us too. And that's a really good thing. It's a great thing to have support from a lot of different audience. Uh, but we wish also to have a big prog <laughs> scene that could come and watch us, like, not few. Yeah. Um, we all know the current situation in the world with the pandemic still going on. But we just we just can hope that that there there will be an end to it eventually, and uh, I certainly hope that you guys will be able to uh, to come out of your home country and uh, play somewhere where there's a little bit uh, sure. so, some more we'll prog that. fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we hope we hope so too, and more importantly, we are ready for it. That's great yeah, to hear. Preparing for it, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Turbulence's second album, Frontal, is out on March 12th through Frontiers Music, as we said. And before we end this interview, as always, I would like you to ask you guys, what's in your Walkman? What have you been listening to lately? Is there anything you want to uh, recommend to your fans and to our listeners? <laughs> would you uh, start, Alan? Uh, actually, no, I want you to start <laughs> because mine will be very quick. <laughs> okay. Oh, I have more than you now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm actually listening to these guys called Modern Polis. I'm yes. loving them. Yeah, I, I, I love the work. And also, I like not not recently, but I, I'm listening again to Thank You Scientist. They're, I'm, they are a big inspiration for me right now. Two very, very cool. Shout outs yeah. to very, very cool bands. Yep. Thank you, Scientist. Um, I think their last album was from 2019. Um, and Moron Police as well. So yeah. maybe we'll, we'll have some news from them as well. Uh, soon, Moron Police uh, did release a new single last year. And they also um, had a very successful crowdfunding campaign. Um, with which they released their album uh, on vinyl and, and physically, um, yeah. which was very cool. Um, yeah. I also, I, I, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> the, art, awesome. the artwork is, is, is really cool as well with the, with the rhino it and is. stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. Very, very, very cool um, uh, recommendations there. Um, Alan, what about you? Uh, so... For me, between making music like 90% of my time, between my other band, Ostura, and between Turbulence and YouTube, I don't, re I don't have like these musical endeavors and I, I'm not like discovering new bands every day. So my Walkman right now would look like Guthrie Govan mainly and Haken and <laughs> old Dream Theater stuff and some like, you know, Stephen Wilson, stuff like that. Turbulence. <laughs> Turbulence. <laughs> okay, cool. I have two uh, two entries into the What's in Your Walkman category uh, section as well. Today, um, one Greek band that I was kind of reminded of halfway through listening 
Too Frontal, uh, and they are called Until Rain. Their um, last album was a little bit, um, yeah, I, I think they, they would definitely deserve a little bit more attention. It was uh, it's a fantastic album, very, very uh, dark and melancholic stuff from Greece. Fantastic band, mm -hmm. Until Rain. I'm going to put a song for them. I wrote them. that down. Okay. Um, yeah. Into the playlist. And also, because there is a song on Fronto called Faceless Man, I was reminded, of course, uh, of Slice the Cake, uh, who released <laughs> a live album live at home uh, at UK Tech Fest, online Tech Fest, more or less, um, last year, with a song from their uh, album... Um, uh, the big title track of the, of the Faceless Man. Uh, so, uh, and I just listened to it again today. So, yeah, that's uh, a little bit heavier than the other things we talked about today. Um, that will round <laughs> out the playlist <laughs> with a with a heavy twenty minute slab. Um, thank you so much for taking the time, guys. Um, all the best thank for the release for with uh, Frontal. And yeah, I hope uh, we can meet each other on some festival or tour, sure. maybe next year. I would, I would <laughs> assume. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we hope. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for listening out there, and uh, as always, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to great music. The Progcast is a production of Stuus Media and is presented by the Prague Space. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant, and Van Kirsch does our graphics. New episodes of the Progcast drop every Monday and Thursday. And don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite new releases from that week. For more interviews and reviews in the written form, check out theprogspace.com.